This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. Here's your host, Corey Tusick. This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Tusick. Today, my guest is Knut Svanholm. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, sure, yeah. Well, my last name is uh, Tusik, um, but, you know, everybody usually says like Tuckick, Tuchek, <laughs> you know, everything like that. So I'm Tuchek. used to it. Yeah, which are ironically where my family's from in the Czech Republic, Tuchek is correct. So when people oh, yeah. hit nail it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, over there, it's like Smith compared to what, you know, like Smith in the United States, everybody's named Smith, but, uh, it's common over there. So anyways, um, if you're listening in the Czech Republic, we might be related. Um, but, uh, Knut is the, uh, author of sovereignty through mathematics and independence reimagined, uh, also just a staunch Bitcoiner, a big, uh, proponent of freedom, um, and, uh, and, I'm a big fan of that. So I, I thought uh, it'd be great to, uh, to uh, have a chat. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Anytime. Um, so I have to start with asking you about the, the painting. Um, if you're listening to this uh, behind him is the Citadel 21 framed. Uh, you said this is hot or not uh, magazine. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a sort of a fan scene for a, where the Bitcoin plebs uh, write their stories. Uh, it's bi-monthly now, and this is from issue two, um, uh, where I had a, a I, I had an article featured in that issue, and uh, this artist uh, cypherpunk now <laughs> oh, nice. uh, ma- made uh, made this, uh, and he made twenty one prints. Uh, one for each each character on the painting here. Oh, cool! So I'm I'm over there. I think I'm over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. And it says this is the number eleven out of twenty one, dedicated to BTC writers, specifically Knut Swanholm. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm really um, and uh, yeah, I had to frame it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's a, a beautiful piece. His uh, his art is very original. I was going to say it is very unique. Um, yeah. and uh, and I think it's a good representation of you Ma- know just... Martin Martin Fisher is his real name. I I Martin I, Fisher. I just dox him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he made he made more prints, but he burned the uh, the 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 leftover ones. So there were only only twenty one left. Yeah, I wonder where he got that idea. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that's a cool <laughs> idea, though. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, something. Maybe there's a, br- a business proposition I'll have to share with you off air because I don't want anybody else to steal it. But I I uh, I have this really unique idea I'll have to share with you. Um, afterwards, maybe yeah, looking, looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's called a tease. I think in the radio business, I'm not in the radio business at all. Um, so well, you um, are now. Yeah, I guess so. You're making a pod. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's what, uh, this is what radio is nowadays. You know, it used to yeah. be, uh, everything, you know, had the, the pukey DJ with coming back to you from, you know, <laughs> top hits from the eighties, nineties and today. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they call it the pukey DJ, where they sound like they're like 
about to throw up the whole time. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, so um, I mean, thanks for coming on. And, you know, there's a lot of things I want to get into um, with you. But, uh, but one thing I've been doing because uh, I'm aiming this at the class of 2020, 2021. I mean, this is welcome to anybody as well. But I think I've, I started off asking people, you know, oh, how explain Bitcoin to me like I'm five. You know, I mean, I got into it. I've been paying attention to it for years, but I actually invested early last year. And, and you know, but I can still use that refresher. But I've also found that it's very interesting to hear other people's perspectives of like, you know, explain Bitcoin in its simplest terms. And what does it mean to you? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's the tricky part, isn't it? Uh, explaining yeah. com- complex things in in simple terms. But uh, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Uh, after all, that's somewhat akin to what I try to do in my books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Uh, the, the first thing you have to ask yourself is what is money? And you really try to try to figure out what money is. And it, it's, it's not as simple as it, as it seems uh, because uh, pretty early on when, when trying to figure out what money is, you encounter an entity called the central bank and the fact that they, they can conjure up new money out of thin air and lend it out to people. Uh, and expect the the loans to be paid back with interest. Uh, in reality, it's not only the central banks that you do this, but but all banks. Uh, uh, they can. Uh, uh, we live under a, a system called fractional reserve banking, which basically means that the the banks uh, can lend out more money than they have in their in their vaults uh, than what they have in the vaults. Uh, and this this started back in the days of the Hansa trades in in Europe when uh, it probably started earlier than that too. But when when paper money was in, introduced, uh, people deposited their gold in, in a bank vault, and they got a receipt back. Uh, and that's the start of the of the bill uh, uh, or a paper currency. And when the banker realized that he could print more bills than he he actually had gold in the vault, uh, because the the risk that everyone would like to to, uh, withdraw their gold at the same time was very low. He realized that after a while. So the banker started to print out more notes than he actually had gold. And uh, which meant he could lend out more money than he had. And uh, people had to pay, pay him back with interest which make, made the banker very rich. And uh, we're still living under that system today. And Bitcoin uh, tries to solve this problem by introducing uh, a new type of money, uh, which is akin to gold, even though I think all metaphors for Bitcoin are uh, somewhat misleading. Uh, because I, I think that Bitcoin is vastly better than gold. Uh, <laughs> In, in almost all aspects of it, uh, because you, you can uh, you can verify the uh, that the system works. Uh, the, the the main feature of Bitcoin is that it uh, it has a limited supply cap, uh, which will reach around uh, the year twenty one forty, when the last fraction of a Bitcoin will be mined. Uh, 
and there will never be any more than slightly below 21 million bitcoins around, uh, which themselves can be uh, divided into 100 million parts each. And even further than that, using uh, uh, layer two solutions such as the Lightning Network. And right here, I, I realize that I'm not using layman's terms at all. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, but but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, think of it as uh, 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 collectible trading cards, uh, which you can verify uh, the total amount of. So you know that there's only. 21 million cards around in the world and at all times. Uh, and therefore, it's, it's akin to a collectible in that it's scarce and verifiably so. And furthermore, uh, you, you, you can check that the system works yourself and uh, you don't require a middleman to, uh, to exchange uh, Bitcoins with with other people, uh, it's purely peer to peer, which means that you're only using software uh, to to trade the, the Bitcoin, bitcoins between people, like Napster. With yeah, like Napster, and and there are uh, tools to use which uh, enables you to not even have to use software. You can you can put them on a. a a hardware wallet or an open dime, which is a USB stick with a, a one-time USB stick with some bitcoins on it. You can you can even uh, print out paper wallets and trade those, and you can do all sorts of things. You can even memorize uh, what's called a seed phrase, which is uh, a bitcoin wallet uh, uh, like uh, boiled down to twenty-four words from a specific uh, dictionary. And if you can memorize 24 words, you can uh, you can walk around with uh, as much money as you can imagine in your head, uh, as long as you as long as you have those Bitcoin. But this this blurs out the line between knowing and owning, which I think is a very fascinating part of the uh, Bitcoin rabbit hole, which we haven't explored uh, but a fraction of yet. Uh, uh, and it's it's also a leaderless system, so there's no one in charge uh, of what happens to the Bitcoin network because the the nodes of the network uh, vote uh, or uh, <laughs> what 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 software they choose to run is what determines what Bitcoin is in the long run, and there's a consensus mechanism. We we all work together to. Uh, to to make make the system uh, function the the way it's it's supposed to function, mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's like a uh, an absolutely scarce collectible that uh, is also teleportable and uh, censorship resistant. No one can stop you from sending Bitcoin to someone uh, to anyone else uh, on the entire planet, and it has no borders and it's. Uh, it's pseudonymous, which means that it's it can be anonymous if you know what you're doing, but it can also be um, they can also be traced. Every transaction is forever uh, encapsulated in uh, in the in, uh, blockchain and or, yeah, in cryptographic amber forever on the uh, internet. Like oh, that's a good way to put it, cryptographic amber. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So, uh, so that yeah, that's that's the ba- basic thing that it is. And uh, it, when I first discovered it, uh, it, it what year did you me discover and it? That is, it has kept intriguing me ever since. What what was that? Sorry. Uh, what year did you discover it, or come around to it? Around with 2013, 2014. And it just you went down the rabbit hole and not not directly. Uh, I I took a course in 2016, an online course, and uh, after that I was uh, granted a. Um, Oh, what's that called? When you get, <laughs> uh, um, I was one of the top students, so I mm-hmm. so I, uh, uh, I I had a, a large discount to connect for to collect for doing an, uh, a master's degree in in digital oh, nice. currencies, which which I which I didn't do because I thought it was it would be a waste of time and money. Uh, after all, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm 45 this year, so. Um, I don't really have time for master's degrees anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once you so find I out said, that freedom of academia, you get free of academia, you realize. Oh, it's not yeah. Really and, and furthermore, it was quite costly. And I thought uh, I might as well use whatever money I can spare to, to, to just buy Bitcoin instead and uh, see what happens to them and see if I can contribute somehow because I was so intrigued by this. So I, I started writing. Uh, while while working as a captain on a small crew transfer vessel in um, uh, in an offshore wind farm, um, okay. So, um, which meant that we, we we went out to wind turbine and uh, uh, we had some technicians on board that uh, cleaned the the wing of the of the turbine. So we just let them up there, climbed up and hang by rope wow. <laughs> uh, on a turbine. And we, we moored to a, to another turbine, turbine close by and just waited for them to, to call us in the afternoon so we could go back to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to the port again. Uh, but so, which meant that I had a lot of spare time and not a lot to do. And the internet connection was crap out in the wind farm anyway. So, uh, I, uh, and, uh, I, I can't really sit still. So, uh, so I started writing after getting bored with all the, uh, games on my phone. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, that's how my hobby career of, not so slowly and not so surely becoming an author all of a sudden. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, and and what, one of the things I want to get into the, the, um, you know, the hardware wallets and stuff like that as well. But one of the things you said early on is something I don't think a lot of people even know much about. Um, and that's the fractional reserve spending or lending. Um, yeah. because that plus quantitative easing, I've said before, those are the things that when I found out about them, I mean, I literally cashed in 401ks, everything all in to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I mean, it was to me at that point, I was like, oh my God, this, this fiat system is a sinking ship and I got to get off. Yeah. Um, so could you explain that, you know, like, I mean, I guess the question I'm asking is, is it really just they're creating new money? Like that, it's a, it's a form of money printing the fractional reserve lending, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's more complex than that. Uh, I mean, 
when central banks issue new currency, they they usually do it by trading it for government bonds, and government bonds are uh, a, a promise from the government that they uh, will pay the loan back at some point, which they of course never will because there are like four countries in the world that don't have a national debt. <laughs> so the whole the whole system is built around debt. And there are some arguments for why this would work. Uh, it's it's a system first proposed by a uh, an economist called uh, John Maynard Keynes, uh, who's infamous in Bitcoin circles. Uh, and uh, like the 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 uh, the type of economy that uh, or economic school of thought that uh, Bitcoin builds on is the Austrian school. Uh, popularized by Ludwig von Mises, who's written a, an excellent book on economics called Human Action, uh, which was uh, written in the middle of the uh, of the last century and has been like uh, it's a it's a great piece of uh, um, uh, it's a masterpiece of uh, knowledge in e- economics, and it has been in the dark uh, for quite a while. But it's it's becoming quite popular again. It's a, it's a dense book, uh, and it's a long book, and quite a, quite a hard read. Uh, but uh, well worth your time if if you have thirty eight hours to spend. I would oh, <laughs> recommend <wow>. listening <laughs> to to Human Action, the audiobook. That's a pretty long. Book. Uh, there's so many insights in that, and it's perfectly explained to to me. Uh, like uh, I, I read this for the first time like two years ago, uh, but it really put the finger on what I like. I think a lot of people walk around suspecting that something is wrong with the system, mm-hmm. and this perfectly uh, like put the last nail in the coffin for for my belief in the uh, in the in the current system believe Madner, uh finally so uh, i can really recommend that book yeah um uh like i i try to uh, another way of uh the, the thing with bitcoin now is the, I, I think people still have a hard time believing that it can have any type of lo- longevity mm-hmm. Uh, I still believe that uh, it has reached its top and it's going down. But the, the thing, when, when you really grasp what what it is and what what it does, you you see that it it really can't go down in value because it will drive out everything else. And that's why I have this little logo here on my T-shirt: everything divided by twenty-one million. That's where we're headed. Uh, mm-hmm. If if you can. Uh, if the entire world economy uh, comes into Bitcoin, we will live in a in a very different world. And I, I like, I I don't know when or even if that will happen because it's hard to foresee the future. Oh yeah. But but I spend a lot of time uh, or and a lot of thoughts uh, on uh, trying to to imagine what what that would look like and how it would play out and, and what would happen and, and why it would happen and why it's likely. And I, I try to, I try to uh, debunk the, the, the idea of, of, of Bitcoin all the time, but uh, the more, the more you learn about it, the harder it is to, to, to see any, any other 
possible future scenario play out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you get more and more convinced the more you, the, the deeper you fall into the rabbit hole. And everyone who actually knows something about Bitcoin knows what I mean when I say that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that's the opposite for people that are into, um, you know, that are that are attacking Bitcoin is that they never challenge their own belief system. But I found that a common uh, something common between Bitcoiners is that they're constantly like trying to double check and make sure and look through like, okay, is there any holes in this system? Um, you know, and then they come out with a stronger conviction. Um, so you met, uh, something you mentioned, um, about everything being, you know, your, the logo on your shirt every year. Uh, and then you have the, you know, I listened to the guy Swan narration of, uh, of, you know, everything divided by 21 million. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and I think uh, Hal Finney, didn't he early on say that it, it could be like if, if everything was divided by 21 million in the world, it would be so, like every Bitcoin would be worth like $10 million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hal Finney uh, said a lot of things very early on. Uh, for, for instance, he's the one that first mentioned that trying to copy this, this technology would be futile because... Uh, resistance to being copied is what what it's all about uh, like everything on a computer can be copied very easily but bitcoin cannot and and this is why uh, a lot of people have a hard time believing how how this system could could even exist because it's 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 sort of like the invention of a time machine <laughs> which is also impossible to wrap your head around yeah, uh, yeah. and you think it's impossible and the time machine is probably very likely still impossible. But Bitcoin, uh, like d digital scarcity, was apparently not impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if things hadn't played out the way they did for Bitcoin, if Satoshi hadn't disappeared, and if the experiment would have failed somewhere along the way, like if uh, during the, the the fork to Bitcoin Cash in twi 2017, mm -hmm. if that would have played out in, in another way than it did, then the experiment might have actually failed and faded into nothing. And uh, th then you couldn't have replicated it uh, because every subsequent attempt would also have failed mm -hmm. uh, because you you could never have reached a point of decentralization which is uh, a crucial aspect of why why it works and uh, decentralization is uh, decentralization is uh, much harder to achieve than people think it is mm -hmm. and a lot of things uh, claim to be decentralized but they're not in uh, the that mainly comes from the proof of work, right? And and having all the nodes running around the world, all keeping track of the same yeah. ledger. Yeah, partly from partly from the proof of work. Like other blockchains have proof of work too, but that proof isn't really a proof of anything mm -hmm. uh, b because they aren't decentralized. They can still be influenced by whatever they're inventor says is the correct path forward and so on. And they're, uh, uh, 
So yeah, you can you could like uh, Ethereum didn't Ethereum like kind of have a problem and then Vitalik like went in and kind of flushed something out. I, I heard something about yeah, that. Yeah, the DAO the incident was the first such uh, thing that happened in Ethereum. But there, there also uh, uh, not not only from a technical perspective, but from an economic perspective, which is more important. Uh, mm. uh, they can't be decentralized. Uh, because uh, you can make infinite copies of, uh, of Bitcoin, which dilutes the value of every other coin. So over time, the other coins will will uh, uh, diminish in value uh, compared to Bitcoin, and therefore uh, they can easily be attacked at some point in the future. It doesn't really matter what what price they they have at the moment or uh, how how people value them now. It's 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 the long term. Uh, if uh, like with with the shit coins as we call them, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is everything that is in Bitcoin, uh, the point is you, you trade them for each other and you, you try to hop onto the train that is moving faster than all the other trains. So so you try to to uh, uh, like no one would hold on to a doggy coin if if there were <laughs> yeah. if they suddenly started losing value and if there was a big bear market you need you need hodlers of last resort and core believers in the system uh, in order for it to work and only bitcoin has that uh, only bitcoin has the potential to 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 be forever because it was the first one and b- b- because it was like the first the first attempt at digital scarcity uh, achieved to through decentralized consensus that 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 actually worked, and uh, the first mover advantage here is is absolutely crucial for for the thing to work. Yeah, so, I so think. Like, yeah, I was gonna say I think being the first mover, but also being happening happening to be a flawless. Like I'm, I'm curious. I wonder sometimes if something like Ethereum had come out and caught some traction, but then yeah. uh, Bitcoin came out and it was the perfected version. You know, like yeah, but uh, Bitcoin is far from flawless. Oh, elaborate on that, because I, I mean, I know that it's it is an engineering marvel. A lot of people think it's, you know, yeah, I mean, but, it's but spectacular. But where are are there holes there that are, could make I, it I'm, dangerous? I'm I'm not very technical, but I know that there are uh, aspects of the system uh, that could have been done better from the beginning, mm-hmm. and that that could have been avoided, but that are already in the system, and you can't. Uh, you can't change the system. Uh, you can only do minor changes because you need a consensus in order to upgrade Bitcoin. Bitcoin can be upgraded, but never through a uh, through a hard fork. A hard fork cannot happen in Bitcoin again. Uh, only soft forks can happen, uh, and uh, which means that uh, a a hard fork is when every node needs. To run the updated version, this is also mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a simplification of, of the terms. But a hard fork, uh, in order for that to work, everyone needs to upgrade their software. Uh, and with a soft fork, it's it's backwards com- compatible, so you can run the old software as well. Okay, so uh, you could have a node that you know maybe it was from 2012 or 13. In yeah. in 50 years, it'll still work. Yeah, I, 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 on on top of my head, I can't say when the last hard fork in Bitcoin was. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But but I believe that hard forks are, that we've seen the last one and we won't see hard forks ever again in Bitcoin. Okay. Um, yeah. So with uh, of course uh, of course I can't know that. But but I, what I can know is the is the game theory that it builds upon and uh, that all the incentives uh, the the incentive structure of the system prohibits. Uh, uh, unnecessary change and too much change and like that is so embedded in the system at this point so there's there's no uh, no no one really wants to change it because there's too much risk after all this is a trillion dollar uh, market now so so uh, the, the the value of the system is so uh, no, no one would like to jeopardize that. So you can never reach a consensus in like, oh, we need to change this thing mm-hmm. in a drastic way. Uh, you can, if if an improvement proposal, uh, improvement proposals or, or BIPs uh, have to be so good that everyone agrees that it's a good idea yeah. to improve yeah. okay. the protocol. Um, now in your, in your, uh, you know, theory of everything being divided by 21 million. Um, I'm curious as to what your vision is. Um, and that's one of the, one of the re- main reasons I wanted to ask you, I thought, you know, you have thought about this a lot, obviously. Um, and, and there was a thread, I forget who it was. So I'm not gonna be able to properly cite them that somebody was talking about why they're bullish on Bitcoin always. And, and at the end of the thread, it was kind of like a, you know, the possibility of a utopian future. Um, what do you see the everything being divided by 21 million result? What would that look like? Um, Just in your opinion, yeah, uh, <laughs> you're not for it. You don't have to, you don't have to do Confucius or, you know, or. No, but uh, th- 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 this requires quite a long explanation. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> uh, what we live in now uh, the Keynesian system of ever inflating currencies. They, um, the theory is that the central bank needs to uh, uh, make sure that a currency keeps uh, that the prices are stable, so that uh, and that we have uh, around two percent inflation every year, so in order for people to keep buying stuff. Because according to Keynesian theory, uh, the value comes from many transactions. So each each time we transact with each other, uh, we both benefit. One gets paid and the other gets a product or a service. And the more products and services there are in circulation, the the the, or in other words, the faster the system uh, 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 goes, the the better it is. In this, uh, uh, this is the Keynesian mindset that every transaction is a good transaction. And uh, the Austrian viewpoint is, is that uh, uh, only sound transactions matter, like transactions that are, um, the only thing that actually drives the economy forward is good investment. And in order for an investment to be good, it can't be just frivolous shit that we buy from China uh, all the time. It has to be something of substance. And this this price stability that we're seeing is is a facade. It's it's not the real thing because the the production cost of every 
commodity in the world or every good in the world uh, uh, is lowered drastically year by year because we get better at manufacturing, we get better at transporting, we get better at uh, extracting energy, we get better at everything. So every the price the prices of every product there is uh, is is going down over time. Uh, and mass produced things are approaching zero uh, their actual cost but we've been fooled into believing that they cost about the same every year uh, uh, while prices should be going down and the thing is that the, the cheapest thing there is to produce is money because it, all it takes is a guy pushing a button on a on a computer like enter <laughs> and, 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 and new zero. money is conjured out of, of thin air um, and it used to be uh, I, I think still uh, electronics or hard drives are, are, are still outpacing money in, in, in the cost per year in the cost per year race so, so mm -hmm. uh, uh, a, a gigabyte is cheaper and cheaper every year still even though and that, that's the only thing that keeps mm -hmm. uh, keeps the same pace uh, yeah yeah pays as money but so so the prices should be going down and if you think about this you're if you buy a house that house usually goes up in value over time right mm -hmm. and why is that because a house uh it shouldn't go up in value just buying a house and holding on to it because the house the house deteriorates and the houses are not forever. Mm -hmm. they, they, they may last for a hundred years, but that's still a short, uh, a short amount of time in the long run. So, so your house shouldn't go up in value. It should go down in value because houses are also cheaper and cheaper to produce. And like, um, and, but nobody ever reflects on this because they think they, they win if they own a house and they can sell it for more money than they bought it for. But they didn't really do that. But the only thing that happened is that their, their money lost, lost their value. Uh, so money has a price. And since we measure everything in dollars, we get a, 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 our, our view of the world and how, how we look at prices is, is completely wrong. And uh, Bitcoin is completely the opposite of that. It's it's the other way around. It's the it's the most expensive thing to produce there is, and it gets more expensive over time because of something called the difficulty uh, adjustment algorithm. Uh, the system works so that uh, imagine uh, how should I put this? <laughs> Finding a good metaphor quickly here, but. Uh, the more energy that is put into the Bitcoin system, uh, the harder it gets to, to find the next Bitcoin. If you do the same for, for gold or for oil or for any other, uh, uh, any other uh, commodity uh, like, uh, or natural resource, uh, w when the price goes up, uh, more resources are allocated to finding more of the thing. Mm -hmm. which means that we do find more of the thing, which makes the price go down again. And for gold, uh, there's, a quite, uh, there's a quite a high stock of gold in, in, in comparison to the flow of new gold. That mm -hmm. is, is, so if the price of gold goes up, um, uh, a, a lot more gold miners start to mine uh, gold, but they don't find that much gold, so it doesn't affect the price 
that much again. Mm -hmm. uh, but with Bitcoin, you, you can't find Bitcoin faster by pouring more resources into it. Uh, uh, or the, the entire system can't uh, because the more miners there are, the more mining power there is, the harder it gets to, to find the next Bitcoin. It, uh, it recalibrates every two weeks and uh, it gets harder and harder to, uh, to, to find the next Bitcoin. And it's all often mismarketed in mainstream media, like uh, these giant computers solving really difficult math problems. But they're not really solving difficult math problems. They're just trying to guess a number a great many times. They're trying to find a hash beginning with a, 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 a hash of a Bitcoin block, uh, mm -hmm. which begins with a certain amount of zeros. Or trying to, so they're basically starting at zero and going to one, two, three, four, you know, and just doing it as fast as they can until they hit. Not, not, not really. They're guessing random numbers. Uh, yeah, not like, sequentially, not sequentially, but yeah. I, I think I can explain this quite well. Uh, uh, first, first of all, uh, a hashing algorithm does one thing. It it, it compiles a a file into a string of. Uh, 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 characters like both letters and numbers, and in Bitcoin, that's uh, uh, it's it, Bitcoin uses uh, uh, mainly a, a hashing algorithm called the SHA two five six, which is uh, um, which turns a Bitcoin block into such a string of numbers, like. 30 characters in a row, mm -hmm. uh, and and you can very very easily verify that a hash is 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 valid or correct or correctly rep represents a bitcoin block by by doing the reverse calculation but it's it's very hard to do the calculation one way but it's very easy to do it the other way so uh, it's easy to verify but impossible to forge uh, a, a a fake version of so that that's the that's a basis <laughs> the basis of the system and mm -hmm. the, the more miners there are that that try to find this number uh you you include a random number in the bitcoin block and then you hash it uh, and then you come up with um, uh it, you just guess the number and hope that it it turns out to be the correct bitcoin block when, when you re reverse the mathematics yeah. uh, and uh, and this the, the difficulty adjustment algorithm makes sure that they the the average time that it says uh, that, that it takes to find uh, the next Bitcoin block is always ten minutes. So so it's based on probability. So sometimes it can take like uh, thirty minutes or sixty minutes or whatever to find the next block, mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, you find the next block instantly. Uh, but on average, it takes ten minutes. Um, okay. Um. That's amazing. That's uh, so you can't just sit there and randomly guess a, a thirty-digit code and <laughs> you know, like you a could. one in, one in a could. billion shot. You could. Uh, what you do is you you have your Bitcoin block and you add the random number and then you run the hashing algorithm and that you get another number, and that number has to start with a certain amount of zeros. Uh, this is very simplified, but. Um, 
<laughs> so you could actually just take a Bitcoin block, which you, you claim to be the next block. You make sure that everything that's in the, the mempool is there and the reward to yourself is there and everything. And you just write down a, ran, a random number and <laughs> you can actually Bitcoin mine by hand. But it's uh, of course you <laughs> really of course you do. wouldn't yeah of course you wouldn't find the next block because the odds of you doing that are so uh, yeah like we're on pita hashes now and that's like uh, uh, the, the, this network is the world's uh, largest computer mm-hmm. so this computer it it takes up about as much energy as a small country like Switzerland. Uh, and then, I wrote a tweet about that recently that uh, Bitcoin uses about as much energy as Switzerland. So uh, it, it's a waste of energy and uh, it's used for nothing. So we should ban Switzerland immediately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would like to see the carbon footprint comparison between Switzerland and the Bitcoin network. Um, yeah, but, but but people get uh, this is another rabbit hole that I'm, uh, I just recently wrote uh, another article, like my third or fourth on this subject, because it's so tiresome, the uh, environmental FUD around Bitcoin, mm-hmm. because that's that's what journalists see. They see that, oh, it takes up as much energy as a uh, as a small country and they don't they don't get how how the thing works the the thing is the energy is not wasted it's it's sacrificed in a way uh and you couldn't make the system more effective uh, uh it could not take up lesser energy by using another mining algorithm it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. spending energy is the whole point that that that's that what's make the what what makes the system work uh, and uh, do you want to do do you want me to do the entire environmentalism banter here? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. You know, get into that that you know dispelling of that fud a little bit. And I know that you'd be able to uh, to shoot holes through that because to me, you know, when I look at it, I see it as like yeah, it uses a lot of energy, but there there's something to it that is going. This is what's going to push us and incentivize us much greater to to reach a um renewable energy clean energy um because people will need to mine and to remain profitable you know you can't just plug it into your wall and use the coal-powered electricity you you've got to find a way to do it for cheaper and and so i think that you know in, in an interesting way it potentially could be a a way to solve the energy crisis um yeah but uh, i'll let not, you take it from there i'll let you yeah no, no not in the way people think because like the, the first and foremost thing in that is that if we have sound money if if if, if we were operating under a sound money system so the prices became uh, the prices of everything became lower and lower each day uh, we would each be uh, and we we knew that our bitcoins were the most precious things we owned mm-hmm. we would be much more careful with our money all of us would be but right now we have uh, uh, all of us have incentives to spend our money quickly and to take out loans uh, and and buy things that we don't really need and not plan ahead a lot with bitcoin it's the, it's the complete opposite of that it will mean that we will become richer and richer and richer but 
at the same time uh, we'll be incentivized to 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 save for the future instead of spend previously on on things we don't need. Mm-hmm. So the only investments left, like each each buy or each transaction we make with Bitcoin, better be well thought through. And and people will realize this more and more the more time passes. So right now people are trading Bitcoin for 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 whatever, and there's quite a uh, trading volumes are high. But in the future, I believe there will be very few uh, Bitcoin transactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one part of that is that the fees will be too high to to make uh, too, too high to make on-chain transactions. Of course, there's a Lightning Network and everything, and we can we can still have cheap transactions. But but that's not the point. You would you would want your Bitcoin to stay uh, uh, stay where they are and not spend them. Uh, you're incentivized to spend uh, to save them at all times. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's the first thing. We will, as as a species, we will be less wasteful and more thoughtful over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the other thing with with the energy usage, uh, just as you said, uh, people will look for the, the miners will always look for cheaper and cheaper energy sources, and not cheaper through uh, political meddling like subsidies and stuff, mm-hmm. but truly cheaper. Uh, and furthermore, like uh, historically, power plants ha- have had a, a, a geographical boundary. Like you, you, you had to buy uh, to build the power plant quite close to to a civilized area, because there's a great energy loss whenever you uh, whenever you send electricity over vast distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of waste there, but with Bitcoin, you can uh, you can build them wherever you want, and you can store them in. You can attach a Bitcoin miner to the to the power plant, and and use Bitcoin as a form of battery for the energy, a mathematical battery or a value battery or whatever you may call it. Instead of sending the electricity, you can just store it as Bitcoin and use those Bitcoins somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, like. There's a new use case for electricity, basically, <laughs> uh, uh, which is uh, just the thought of a new use case for electricity is is mind blowing. Yeah, and yeah. most of these concepts are mind blowing once once you once you start thinking about them. And the the other thing is uh, like renewables. The the uh, one of the main problems with the renewables is is that. Uh, they don't provide us a, a steady stream of electricity like a nuclear plant does or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they provide like wind farms produce a lot of energy on windy days and no energy at all if there's no wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same goes for solar panels. So, uh, like if the sun's up. <laughs> then it's great. If it's a cloudy day, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's a snowstorm, you get no, uh, or like <laughs> A rain that's whatever storm you you get nothing out of them, but but with Bitcoin uh, you could instead of just wasting the uh, the excess energy from from renewables you could store it, so so you could have a miner connected at at all these places uh, at all the wind farms and all the solar plants and. Uh, and just convert whatever energy that can't be stored or transported 
you can you can now store it mathematically you can store it in a in bitcoin mm -hmm. so which means you can build the power plants anywhere and you can use up all the energy you want uh, or all the energy you produce you can you can actually make use of all of it and this uh, i truly believe that at some point in in a not too distant future this this will drive uh, the and it will uh, drive the energy revolution forward like nothing else uh, oh yeah i mean as much as people want to be incentivized by saving the planet if you make it profitable to <laughs> to do it then yeah the, the then like you said with the game theory and everything it all the proper all the incentives align yeah exactly and uh but this is not the only game theory is a big field and uh, yeah. and there's a lot of game theory in in bitcoin uh, and it's not only the incentives for miners that play a role but the but like for instance if if uh, uh the 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 sooner you hop onto the bitcoin train the better off you are right because the earlier you get in the more you profit mm -hmm. uh, and as soon as big corporations realize this which they have started doing uh, mm -hmm. like microstrategy and tesla and so on and paypal even uh, um, mr wonderful kevin o'leary just allocated uh, 3% of his from shark tank just oh, allocated uh, i think uh, mm -hmm. pomp had been had been talking to him and he was at one point like against bitcoin and now he was like all right i'm going to put 3% of my portfolio behind it yeah and those that don't hop onto this train are early on like the earlier you are the the better off you are in the long run mm -hmm. and 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 it moves so fast the price moves so fast so um so uh, like uh, <laughs> uh, slowly at first, and then suddenly. And then suddenly, uh, yeah, yeah. Are you a believer um, then in the the uh, um, Plan B stock to flow? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I I think all all predictions of uh, all market predictions and all technical analysis in this. Uh, 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 well, they, I, they can be better and worse, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the, the the notion that Bitcoin's price will exactly follow a curve that some guy wrote on a paper is uh, it's not an idea I I subscribe to at all. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, uh, Plan B seems like a nice guy and a clever guy, but uh, so nothing bad about him. But I just don't believe in the model. Uh, first and foremost, because value is a subjective thing, and we subjectively value stuff. And uh, like like Michael Saylor said in some interview, like if if one of these billionaires uh, decides to to allocate, like if Bezos, for instance, decided to 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 buy to use fifty percent of his two hundred billion US dollars to buy Bitcoin. All, all the models would be destroyed. Yeah, that's not only gonna... because of him, but because of the backlash from that. So, so uh, when I when I say I don't believe in the stock to uh, stock to flow model, I, I um, it's not the theory behind stock to flow. It's just not, once 
when somebody pours yeah, money in. Yeah, I believe in. It, I believe in the concept of stock to flow. I, I think there's very it's very well well documented that that's actually a mechanism that works. It's it's like it's, it's just basically supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, but uh, the model, uh, I think it could it could be it it could underestimate what Bitcoin can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so you and, think it uh, could potentially go even higher and, and i do tend to agree with you in in what you're saying is like you know are, are, am i correct in picking this up that you know the price is relative obviously in and based on however we value it but um and i think i saw that quote where you know michael saylor said like you know what happens if these billionaires just pour money in like all of yeah. a sudden everything that everybody's been predicting is off the table Exactly, but but you, you can follow this thought vector even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I made a video with Yoni Appleberg and guys one about this uh, too, uh, called uh, "Bitcoin's uh, price curve will not be S shaped." And uh, in in that video, I try to explain uh, uh, one of these cycles in Bitcoin will be the last cycle. And when that happens, we, we enter into a scenario called hyper-Bitcoinization, which is basically the op- opposite of hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's not when the value of money goes to zero, but when the value of money goes to infinity. And this is a very hard thing to, to wrap your head around. But, but um, the basic theory is this. Uh, every network technology... Uh, Follows an S-shaped adoption when they the, when they when they get global reach. So the 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 television, the telephone, the internet, Facebook, Google, whatever, they all had S-shaped adoption. So first nothing happened, and then all of a sudden a, a steep rise in the curve, and mm-hmm. and it leveled out in the end, right? Mm-hmm. And this will happen to Bitcoin too, uh, adoption-wise, uh, but. But not price. That's not, no, the price follows another pattern, because if everyone in the world starts starts just accumulates a few Bitcoin, very soon that leads to those Bitcoin being worth more than anything else that person owns. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then they quickly realize that they need to pour in even more of their savings into Bitcoin until everything is in Bitcoin. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, even even if everyone in the world was using nothing but Bitcoin uh, and kept their savings in nothing but Bitcoin and transacted in nothing but Bitcoin, that means we've reached a point where we have a fully functional, politics-free, <laughs> interventionism-free, uh, inflation-free, global sound money-free uh, market system. Which means that the production costs uh, and the uh, imagine every company in the world competing uh, with completely undiluted uh, rules of the game. Uh, this is like the division of labor, uh, division of labor on steroids. Everyone mm-hmm. in the world will be doing the, the best person will be doing the, the best person at each task will be doing that task. And just propelling, uh, and combine that with the the developments in AI and everything, and the prices of everything will go to zero. The transportation costs of everything will go to zero. 
So, so we will live in a truly abundant world where everything is accessible for everyone who owns but a fraction, a tiny fraction of a Bitcoin. Uh, and there's like, there's no end point to this. So that's why I say that the Bitcoin price will have a J shape. Mm-hmm. First, it will eat all the money in the world. And then the, the dollar becomes obs- obsolete and it, be- it becomes pointless to speak of the Bitcoin price in dollars anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's there's no uh, if they uh, keep printing as i said it's hard to wrap your head around where this could lead and <laughs> we don't know the time frame but but this could play out over a thousand years over a hundred years or over 10 years we don't and know i hope 10 <laughs> I, i'm not sure i hope 10 do you think that'd be too uh, volatile uh as too violent, maybe. Geopolitically, the thing is, it it could destabilize uh, societies a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing to remember there is that societies would have been destabilized anyway with the, the with under the current system, because we're. <laughs> All the technologies are deflationary, and all the all the monetary technologies, except for Bitcoin, are inflationary. So we we, we artificially pump up prices, uh, even though everything should be <laughs> mm-hmm. approaching zero cost. Uh, so, uh, do you think, uh, like, uh, you know, the U.S. I mean, the, for the longest time, it was you know the debt that we owe to China, like that's a big problem, um, and you know, with all this printing, I mean, I'm not an economist, but I'm like, are they printing, are they trying to print to the point where the, the amount of money that they owe China is worthless? You know, like if they just yeah. keep flooding the market with dollars, then all of a sudden that debt yeah, but China is so doing the, China is playing the same game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we're all Venezuelans. Uh, we're all, uh, we're all following the same path as uh, Venezuela, Lebanon, or, or Turkey. Uh, all our currencies are going to shit. It's just a matter of time. It, it, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. The oldest cu- currency in the world is, is the British pound, uh, also called the pound sterling, because at some point in time, you could apparently exchange it for silver, a pound of silver. Hmm. Uh, and uh, the, the the British pound has been around for a couple of hundred years, and it has lost ninety nine point five percent of its original value, <laughs> uh, which is which is mind blowing. And uh, it it's it's just like uh, you can buy a bag of uh, a bag of a hundred plastic toy pennies costs three and a half dollars on average, which is like the, the the plastic fake pennies are worth more than the, than the original penny. pennies. What the hell is that all about? <laughs> it, it's just That's when insane. you when you start to think about these things, it's it's insane. It's 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 insanity, and that that's why people of, often call the Bitcoiners a, a Bitcoin a cult, and they, they think we're religious, and they think we're like uh, our our own little club of cultists. But the truth is. The rest of the world is a cult. <laughs> We're the only ones trying to trying to break out of the cult cultish behavior. We've been uh, uh, like everyone's. We're the ones. That, I mean, hypnotized. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like breaking the hypnosis. Um, 
you know, and, and then even if you look at, you know, from a movie perspective, it, it's, it's kind of similar, you know, everybody talks about the orange pill, you know, and there's the red pill, blue pill, yeah. orange pill per, for Bitcoin, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it is a very accurate, you know, cause once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, you, you start to look oh. around at everything around you and you're like, Oh wow, this is a lot of this is not what I thought it was. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah. it, it kind of shakes you to your core a little bit at some point. You're like, I think there, I don't know if most people go through it this, does. but it, I got like terrified at one point, like, Oh my God, this is, this has all been a yeah, lie. You know, it probably should be. Yeah. Because, and, uh, but there are hints everywhere. If, if you, if you see what politicians talk about uh, and if you really listen to it and like no one's addressing any important issue at all mm-hmm. it's all cosmetics and it's all about bullshit issues that affects uh only a tiny part of the population in in every country mm-hmm. this is all poli- all politics are like that they they <laughs> they're just doing their stump speech to try and get you know to to boost their their uh their numbers and 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 yeah you know, uh, the, the comedian Bill Burr, actually, I heard him say one time, he yeah, said, I love him. yeah, he said, uh, he said that it's like buying two tickets at the racetrack for the same horse, you know, voting. Yeah. Cause, and I've, and yeah, I've been, and it is. I've been telling people, I mean, you know, I don't, um, you know, personally like Donald Trump, but I've been telling people the only thing that did endear me towards him really was the fact that it was for the first time somebody that wasn't part of the the government, you know, the the big conglomerate, because um, and this is one of the things I was you know hoping to bring up with you, because because uh, I, I, yeah. I think you and I share a lot of the similar beliefs in this is that as I started to look back, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Obama. Bush, uh, Clinton, Bush before no. him, Reagan, Carter, all the way back. They're yeah. all the same. It's the same. It's the yeah, same yeah. group. Bush and Obama are good examples because the, the crisis of 2008, they, they, they decided uh, together, Bush, the Bush administration and the Obama administration came to the same conclusion. We need to bail out the banks. <laughs> yeah <laughs> in order to prevent a short term catastrophe and what they what they did by doing that is ensuring that a larger catastrophe would happen at some point in the future but it wouldn't affect them because their careers would be over by then oh yeah that's so they're they kicking the short, can down the road they're kicking the can down the road and they do that because they they have no incentives to to plan for the future that's that that's the uh, like uh, a monarchy, uh, a, a monarch, a, a king, a hereditary rule, ruler uh, mm-hmm. in a feudal system has an incentive to to plan for the next generation. Mm-hmm. A, a democratic leader does not. Then again, if you get a crappy king, you, you, you're stuck with him for probably your own lifetime because he will still be alive when while you're alive and then you're fucked anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so that's not a good system. Democracy is not a good system because uh, it incentivizes politicians to think about their their careers first and foremost, and uh, they're out after four years, so who cares? Yeah, and they they so they can be populists. They're all populists, by the way. 
Yeah. Uh, they're all, otherwise yeah. they wouldn't be so popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, it, that's a really good point. And I, um, I forget whose, whose podcast it was on. It might've been, um, on, uh, Peter McCormick's, um, when you were talking about, you know, collectivism versus, you know, uh, wins and why collectivism wins in democracy. And I couldn't agree more, um, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and seeing these career politicians that, that, uh, like one of the things I thought it was interesting to see the juxtaposition. I don't know how closely you followed the, the U S election, but, um, but, uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, I'm a big proponent of term limits and I, I hate these career senators that like they become a Senator and I'm just going to do that for 30 years. You know, like that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Uh, that's not exactly what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a public service that you stepped away and you did it as a public service, then went back to the private sector. Um, and, so on election night, you know, like this, this election battle is brewing and, and the numbers are tight and it's like his party is potentially going to win the presidency, but it's up in the air and he won his seat. And it was like the first time he might've lost his seat in years. And they, they cut to his interview and he's like, by golly, I'm so excited. You know, and like, you could just see the relief on his face where he was like, Oh my God, I thought I was gonna have to do something else in my life. You know, I thought I was gonna have to do something other than sit in this, in this power. And you can, that's when you can kind of see it's like they're, they're populist. It's all about them. It's all about, you know, retaining their power and, and, um, and they don't really even care about people in their own party as long as they remain in power. Um, no, and th- there's no way of stopping the apparatus from becoming bigger and bigger every year. And this happens in every democracy until there's a revolution. Because all all democracy is headed in that direction because it gets more and more expensive to maintain all the institutions uh, and to maintain all the political programs because everything political needs to be tax funded or if mm-hmm. inflation funded, which is basically the same thing. Uh, inflation is taxation without legislation. And <laughs> yeah. so- uh, We saw what happened when that last time that was a mantra. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was like, what led the US to the revolution against, the, against Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. And uh, like the, these stimulus checks, like Donald Trump, who was supposedly not in the political elite. Mm-hmm. He he gave out stimulus checks, like locked down uh, oh, <laughs> a yeah. lot of businesses, a lot of people without without any other uh, social security nets, just just pulling the rug uh, out from under their feet and giving them stimulus checks. Now, where have I seen that before? Uh, <laughs> like I grew up before the Berlin Wall fo- fell. Mm-hmm. And I, this this is like Soviet Union stuff. Mm-hmm. So so the the supposed greatest capitalist uh, in the world and the the most greedy businessman list leader who's pro free market is behaving like 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 a communist in in my point of view. Well, yeah, and, and I I know I I wouldn't get a lot of popularity points for for saying this in in Sweden calling Donald Trump a communist. <laughs> oh, they love him but, in Sweden. <laughs> No, 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 they don't. Uh, like the Swedish media is skewed to the left, like like nothing else. Uh, uh, the, the, there's like w- when they do polls here about what uh, what we would have voted if we were Americans. Like uh, the, the the Democrats always win with like ninety five percent. Oh wow! 
Well, you know, yeah. like you said, the, the supposed free market, um, you know, in the, in the more I dug into this rabbit hole of inflation and, um, and, you know, Jeff Booth, like he pointed out, you know, same thing you did where it was like, why would, why does your house go up in value? You know? And I thought yeah. of it like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. They always say the moment you buy a car, when you drive it off the lot, it instantly starts depreciating in value. So why doesn't that happen to your house? And, and then I started thinking about like, well, how did, how did Trump build his fortune? And it was from real estate going up in value. And I was like, well, yep. maybe, maybe he isn't as good as everybody thinks he is at the, uh, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, he's, he's good at playing the, the, you know, he recognized the system, I guess. And was like, okay, this is the way I, that I can profit from it. Um, but it didn't, it, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, like Jeff said, you know, you, the best way in the future, whenever Bitcoin takes over is the only way to make money is to provide value. Yeah. Not just to sit on something and let it appreciate in value. Um, no, and I think Donald Trump is, uh, if anything, he's, he's, uh, Here's a hint at uh, how uh, how little democracy really works, mm-hmm. because uh, no, no sane person would ever want Donald Trump as his leader. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, right. I, I just don't buy that. I mean, uh, what, what like? Of course, the, the actual policies are more important than uh, than uh, than his personality, but. But no sane person would think that that's the best candidate for running a country. Yeah. Uh, of course, <laughs> of course, the same can be said for Joe Biden or Bar- or anyone anyone else. But it makes but you wonder. Like, I, mean, like yeah. I, I, I think the problem is not Donald Trump. The problem is democracy itself. What do and you I, see as a solution for that? I see Bitcoin as a solution for that. <laughs> so Bitcoin becomes the governance of the world. Uh, sooner or later, uh, governments uh, will be obsolete, uh, and they will be made obsolete by Bitcoin, because there's this is like this is the uh, the. <laughs> The rebels against the empire. In oh, Star dude, Wars. You were speaking my language. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Because I usually we're, have a Star Wars shirt on, but hey, it's Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. that, that's another thing that got diluted. Uh, oh, Star Wars. Oh yeah, god, I can now, I can yeah. literally go for hours about that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, a, a gang rape of uh, epic proportions. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they they. Uh, when you really, when you get into Bitcoin and when you really learn how to use it, and more and more people will, uh, you can avoid taxes, and you can move to to more friendly jurisdictions with your Bitcoin stored in your head. Mm-hmm. And Bitcoiners, early Bitcoiners, are quite likely to do so because early Bitcoiners are mostly people who think out of the box already because you sort of need to be that kind of person to in order to get this thing mm-hmm. and it helps to have a libertarian mindset it helps to to uh, to be curious and to be adventurous and uh, uh, a risk taker mm-hmm. uh, of course, it to to even to even get this thing at this point, uh, and especially a couple of years back, uh, 
Uh, and that means that uh, all the Bitcoiners will move to, to, to more friendly jurisdictions, which in turn leads to those jurisdictions becoming more and more wealthy and thus more and more powerful. Uh, more and more Bitcoiners will be more wealthy. And uh, at some point we can buy uh, lobbyists. At one point we can buy armies. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, governments will slowly but surely fade away. This is like uh, the governments of the world are blockbuster video uh, uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> trying to sell and, DVDs. And do you think they realize it yet? No, of course not. And they will be the last ones to realize it. Uh, <laughs> They'll be sitting in their cat in their they, they, ivory they, tower with nobody. Yeah, their Fujifilm or Blockbuster video. That's our governments today. Because people like the, the free market uh, is a natural process. Like animals do trade. <laughs> yeah. They trade with each other. It's it's deeply embedded in every one of us. And uh, a trade doesn't happen if if both parties don't benefit from it mm-hmm. because that, then it's by definition not a trade anymore, but uh, a, a, an act of violence. I mean, human beings have have two two ways of uh, resolving conflict, and one one is speech and one is violence. That's the only two two tools we have. And in a way, uh, transactions are speech. That that's what they are. They are expressions of value. Um, and Bitcoin is is a it's a perfect example of this because Bitcoin is just code and mathematics. Mm-hmm. So so it's it should be protected by the First Amendment in the USA. Yeah. Uh, like uh, not much is protected code, by that code right is now. Speech, yeah. and uh, if it isn't, that's uh, that's a hint that you don't really have free speech. If you don't have free trade, you don't have free speech. So in a way, if you have taxes, there's no free speech. If if you have inflation, there's no free speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it all depends on how you choose to frame frame yeah. this. And the thing with Bitcoin is, when everyone can store any amount of wealth in their heads or on a piece of paper, or like where that's true for in a multitude of ways, there there will be. Uh, they're very hard to confiscate by using force. Of course, you can put a gun to a family member's head and say, give me all your Bitcoin and I give you some of my Bitcoin and and you walk away with them and everything's fine. But how are you going to find out how many Bitcoin I have? Yeah, There's there's simply no way to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like... There, there are so many things with this knowing is owning concept that that are that is like it's the best tool for for disarming violent people we have, and governments are basically violent people. They have the they're, they're the they're the gang that has monopoly on violence in every mm-hmm. country. They're they're very much like a mafia or a cult. Yeah. Well, you. Um, and, uh, yeah. These these are. If you really think about it, this this is a conclusion you can come to. And like, of course, I too live live in a in an organized society in a, in a country, and I, I have my thoughts here and I express them to you. But of course, I I live and operate in a in the system we all live and operate under. Because we have to. Uh, yeah. So 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 um, so so my. My deeper thoughts uh, are are not 
entirely reflected in my actions. Well, yeah, because uh, you have to pay taxes, you know. And yeah, yeah. But the the more I get into Bitcoin, the 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 the, the more that line gets blurred. Well, uh, you know, and like you said, where Bitcoiners are going to move, you know, like just we've seen a lot of people leaving California, um, and even um, my um, one of my business partners, he left California. He he's originally from Texas, but just moved back to Texas. You know, because, um, yeah. you know, I mean, there are multiple reasons, you know, they can't go outside in California. Um, no, but, no. Uh, but also the tax rate is much different. And I think that that's something, you know, it's like, who's who would be the country? I'd be intrigued to see like in 100 years from now, who's the country that's going to come out and say, hey, like we're, you know, completely pro Bitcoin and we want to be, you know, uh, uh, they're not maybe a, a global power at the moment but if they fully adopt it and run with it um they could but then they have no purpose though the the government doesn't yeah no there's no purpose for a government in such a place so and that's the beauty of it because like like, this is the only force pulling democracies in the other direction the 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 only force to count to count on and like pushing governments to to uh to shrink again and not just expand all the time. Mm-hmm. This well, that's is the only a, thing. Yeah. An anti-bureaucracy tool or whatever you may call it. Did, um, have you ever watched the show parks and recreation? No, I know okay. about it, but I haven't watched it. Well, there's the uh, character on it, Ron Swanson. And, yeah. and he's like a stark libertarian. Um, and, and I've been telling people myself for a long time, they say, you know, what are your, where do your politics lie? And I'm like, I'm kind of like closer to Ron Swanson than I am anything where I think the government's just a complete waste of taxpayer dollars and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we need small government. Um, And my wife asked me, you know, she said, Oh, like um, whenever I told her who I was interviewing, cause she's not big into the Bitcoin world or anything. Um, And I said, the best way I could describe it is he is the Bitcoin Ron Swanson. Um, and, like, and she was like, Oh, well, this is going to be right up your alley. I said, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. but, uh, but, but uh, what do you, you know, how do you solve that problem of, you know, uh, the government needing things? Like I heard, you know, when you were talking was, to Peter McCormick talking about, you know, how do you solve you yeah, know, that was needing ramps and, and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that? Um, my thought just to give you to give you my thought before um but i i think that you at that point are relying on i mean you said the free market you know could could uh you know determine that but i also think that in general people are good you know um and yeah. i think that there's a lot of good in the average person um and uh and i think that you know the average people will and bitcoiners are also very very uh charitable and very giving and um and yeah. welcoming but people are good and bad uh oh yeah but 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 the thing bitcoin does is it, it makes it harder for people to be bad yeah because you 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 can't steal stuff as easily any longer uh so that's that's the thing and like uh, uh with the politics thing, it's like in, 
re- refuse to play their game. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's like uh, you don't need to play their game. There there are lots of other games to play and uh, funnier ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and you don't you don't have to go all in. And this is the thing that people misinterpret about Bitcoin too. They think you're like you become a Bitcoiner and that's that's what you do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, it tends to get to you, but you can still choose where, where what level you you can opt out of of other stuff too, like not using Bitcoin. Like uh, yeah. Like I, I haven't watched TV or, or mainstream media news for for uh, over twenty twenty years. Oh wow! Uh, so uh, uh, I thought I was doing good. I'm like seven years, but you're, you're much <laughs> yeah. Better. But but uh, so, so so you can opt out of whatever things they try to put in your head. Like who said that? that that's a, a Terry Pratchett quote. I I love I love a good quote. Mm. Uh, the problem with an open mind is that people come along and try to put stuff in it. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> well, and it, you know, like uh, I love, uh, so the Fox news, I don't even know if it's still this, but I remember seeing the Fox news, you know, which is right leaning in America. Um, their, yeah, yeah. their slogan was uh, we report you decide. And I was like, come on, like, <laughs> okay. You were actually reporting and letting the people decide. Whereas, you know, that I think that's the thing that, that kills me is the media manipulation with, with everything, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, even like, uh, my parents were talking to me, you know, I'm 35 years old and, and they said, oh, you know, that like, we're really worried about COVID. And I said, you shouldn't worry about it for me. And they were like, well, I heard us, you know, on the news that there was a 35 year old that got it and had a terrible reaction and died. And I just yeah. looked at them and I said, yeah, but there's a 35 year old that died from the flu every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, they, uh, you yeah. just didn't hear about it. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's yeah, a the fear COVID thing. We, we could go, the, yeah. we could go down the, that path, but let's skip that because it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a hot button issue. But no, uh, yeah. yeah everyone's I mean, tired of the fucking virus oh, and the yeah. fucking lockdown. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing about Fox news is like, like 10 years ago, uh, I remember Fox News being the loony channel, like the, the most obviously bought channel in America. Uh-huh. Uh, and you, you like what, what was an ad and what, what was actual news? You couldn't really tell the difference um, with Bill O'Reilly and, and, and people like that. But just yeah. being completely redneck, red state, uh, hyper Christian, s- super conservative types. Uh, but but nowadays it's like the other way around. The 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 liberal or so supposed democratic uh, channels in in uh, on US TV are are like they're the ones that are obviously bought yeah. <laughs> these days. And, and Fox News seems like is like the the the, the more sound vote voice this, these days. So, but I think it's all just bought nowadays. It's it's like there's no. There's no middle ground anywhere, and there's like journalists these days are, are bloggers with hubris. Uh, that, that's all they are. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. It's they, completely interesting to me what they say and what they choose to say and what subjects they choose to, choose to talk about. 
So do you think there's the, you know, Bill Burr said this and this one stand up. So if you, if you like him, you'll probably remember it where he talked about, uh, he said, you know, like he thinks there's a group of people that meet and, you know, they all sit there and talk about like how they're going to run the world. Um, and he said, don't you think they sit there and they go, how can we eliminate the rest of the population? And he said, what if we slowly cook them at airports? You know, just have them go through a microwave machine every time they get on a plane. Um, you know, and I was like, I like laughed at that. And then like, as time has gone on, I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's kind of sort of what they're doing. Now. Yeah. Like maybe that's, uh, you know, they're certainly not going to be fans of Bitcoin. That's for sure. Um, so, well, yeah, I, uh, you know, the libertarian mindset, you know, I think I started to a little bit become, you know, libertarian and I'm very careful with the, with the labels. Like you said, uh, on podcasts yeah. before I've heard you say where, you know, <laughs> like it can change so quickly what yeah what, language is a dangerous thing <laughs> but um i would say free thing you know freedom um and one of the things i want to get your opinion on is is what how do we get out of this situation we're in in the world where like like i don't care what my neighbor does at all like i'm as long as my neighbor isn't harming anyone like you do you i'll do me and and like let's just not get in each other's business, you know? And, and it's this really weird yeah. world now where like, you know, uh, you, everybody has to have a political stance. Um, and like, yeah, my, and it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, every athlete, you know, what their, their stance is every, every actor, every comedian, it's like, you know, and I strive, I would love to go my entire life without anybody being able to pinpoint what my political beliefs are because I don't ever want to be in a tribe, but like there's just so much tribalism, you know, and, and how do, how do we get out of that? Where, you know, why do we don't have play to play their game? That, that, that's, that's, the, that's a trick. Don't play their game. Uh, as much as you can try, try to not play their game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know, that's goes for... a good start. <laughs> And Star Wars actually kind of plays into that because I, um, you know, I thought that the new Star Wars movies were complete garbage. And, you know, in a, and all of a sudden that that became like a racist, sexist thing to say, you know, where it was like, if you didn't. Yeah, agree, yeah. And it was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. it used to be like, don't talk about religion and politics. But now it's like please do yeah. talk about politics at the dinner table. But if you bring up star Wars, my God, you are, you are. Yeah. 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 It's uh, uh, <laughs> people are getting tired of references to 1984, but I think it's such a brilliant book. Um, uh, George, George Orwell, uh, like the police force there is called the, the ministry of love and how brilliant <laughs> is that? And that, and war is peace and, uh, love is hate and all of this. Uh, the words have, have lost their meaning completely. At, at some point in time, it became racist to not categorize people by race. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, what, what the hell happened? We were so close to like, not giving a fuck about race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we did. We focused about uh, like <laughs> everything became. Everything, everything is defined by it now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. 
and I, it's like I truly. The, the same goes with gender equality. It's the same thing. All these identity politics games, they're they're so stupid. But but here here you have the uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, the the inventor of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who, who, if it was a he or a she, if it was a het- hetero or a homo or whatever other varieties you can mm-hmm. think of. Nobody knows race or ethnicity or uh, religious affiliation. Nothing. Politics. Nothing. You don't know what the guy is or the girl or the. And that's so important. Yeah, and and it's a perfect example of. The the person doesn't matter. The idea matters. Uh, ideas matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, that. That's that's the thing that propels us forward, and that's what we should focus on. And Bitcoin is a meritocracy and not a democracy, and it's a much better system. Like if you have something to, if you can actually contribute something, you'll get rewarded for it. So, mm-hmm. and not not only the developers, but like Bitcoin rewards uh, long term thinking and in planning, being better. Uh, like it's a motivational tool, like nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I will. Um, and just so you know, I um, I am making a documentary called Searching for Satoshi, but I want you to know, and I, I have to keep clarifying this with people that. Cause it's a misleading title, but it, you know, it's part of the intrigue. I'm not actually, I don't, I think it's better to not find Satoshi and I, the, the movie is not actually attempting to find Satoshi. Um, yeah. but you know, it's kind of the metaphor of like, who is Satoshi, all that kind of stuff. But I did when, uh, building this idea out and everything, I shared it on Twitter. I don't know if you saw, but I said, I was like, I think there's a 1% chance that Satoshi's from the future because it's the only way that it makes sense. It came out at the right time and work so perfectly, you know, and it's like, everything has seemed to fall in line. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and like, every time I think about it, I'm like, Oh, like, man, that would be so cool. That'd be a great, I mean, I'm a movie maker. So it's like, man, that'd be a great movie. You know, somebody sending it from the, the, the future to the past and saving yeah. us from, you know, the galactic empire that's going to take over one day. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if that my money is on my money is on Hal Finney. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. If, if uh, yeah. I had to predict, if I had to <laughs> pick one person, um, you know, but I think that, like you said, it, it's important for it to not be one person. And I think that that yeah, yeah. goes to show you as to why we'll never find out who Satoshi is. Um, yeah. And if, if Satoshi should suddenly show up and start using Bitcoin and start saying stuff, I think we're past the point where we'd give a crap about what that entity would tell us about it. Yeah. Because Bitcoin is yeah. very far from what, what it was when Satoshi left. Yeah. So, so, so I think not even that is a risk the, uh, in 2021. Yeah. At this he point, could, no. He could return and spend a million Bitcoins and, and uh, the headlines would be big, but Bitcoin would still work. Yeah. It, Bitcoin's become so much more. Um, well, uh, yeah. yeah. I, so I'll let you. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not Craig Stephen Wright. That's, uh, that's no. about the only person that it isn't. No. And like I, I, I've said to people that it's more likely that he, that Satoshi is from the future than it's Craig Wright. It's, I would put yeah, yeah. money on that before I would put it on Craig. Um, 
because he wouldn't come out and say it. It just, it wouldn't, it's not, it's not important. He obviously understood the importance of the anonymity, um, not just for himself, but for the network, him or herself. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I think we're, you know, beyond that. Um, I do have a question to ask before we run here. Um, somebody did, I do my best. Pittsburgh is very sports centric town. So I do my mm-hmm. best to avoid bringing up sports at all costs. Cause I find my, I can, from being from Pittsburgh, you could bring up sports in any conversation, you know, it's like you could steer it towards sports, but somebody did on Twitter respond yeah. and ask to ask who your favorite hockey player was. And I thought, well, okay, there is something because oh, yeah. you're, you're from Sweden and, um, and uh, we had Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins recently won two Stanley Cups back to back. And uh, and we had Carl Hagelin and, and Patrick Hornquist were big parts of that. We were both, uh, uh, you know, Swedes. So I, I am curious, who is your favorite hockey player? Because Sweden has a great, has a long history of great hockey. Yeah, I, I can answer this question uh, <laughs> when, when we're not recording anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I'm, okay. I'm, I'm doxing a lot of things if I tell you who my favorite hockey player is. Because first of all, I don't give a shit about hockey. I okay. never did, uh, or I tried, but uh, I just can't. I, I, I just can't seem to care about sports. I try to follow a soccer game or a football game or a, a hockey game, but I get bored with it. I've been to two NHL games in Tampa. And oh, cool. I walked out of both oh. of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't stand it. Too much noise. And too, uh, much people, too many people, too much noise. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of the production of all the, the music and everything. And it's a little much nowadays. Um, do you want me to cut out the part where I said Sweden? No, 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 no problem. People okay. know I'm from Sweden. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to dox oh, yourself yeah. any further. No, I, I, I can't. no, no, and I, I don't want to dox anyone else in here. I'll tell you the story afterwards. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. The. Uh, um, uh, thanks again. You know. Now all you... of a sudden it's mysterious, and people might try to figure out who it is. So uh, either way, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really funny. That makes sense. And as to why that question was asked, because, uh, you know, I thought I was like, well, like, I guess somebody wants to know because he's from Sweden. And I mean, Sweden won the gold medal in 2006, I yeah. think, um, you know, and they Something had the, like that. Um, and there was we the have great, a lot of good. The great yeah, Peter Forsberg moment where he was on the stamp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he's so. one of the. Uh, yeah, he's one of the greats, right? Yeah, Mats yeah. Sundin and and uh, Peter Forsberg uh, were were really were really good back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, even well, I remember their names. <laughs> even you remember, yeah. So that must mean they're pretty good. Well, uh, yeah. can we, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, this is a great, great discussion, and I know that I think this will be very valuable to a lot of people that are new in the the Bitcoin uh, world. You're just finishing up now because you want to know the hockey player. <laughs> the hockey Do you want player. to keep going? I can keep, go- I can keep <laughs> no, going. No, no, no. No, it's fine. I think it's this is quite uh, quite a good time to, yeah. to, uh, to end this, actually. Uh, um, yeah, I do want to know the hockey player, though. But yeah, <laughs> that is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, all right, everybody, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. 
thanks again to Canute for coming on and joining me. I really enjoyed his insight, um, you know, and, and explanations of uh, different things with Bitcoin, but also, you know, understanding how it can, uh, you know, develop uh, into something that can potentially keep us free from uh, any kind of tyrannical uh, reign or governments or anything like that. And I also appreciate Canute uh, for uh, sharing with me who his favorite hockey player is. I am sworn to secrecy on that one, so I will not be sharing. But uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And as always, tune in next time and I will talk to you then.